Listener Production. Shares, Market. the S&P, the ISX stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is back, baby. That's right, we've given you podcasts right through the beginning of 2024, but this is the first time I, Scott Phillips, have sat down with him, Andrew Page, to talk about business, investing, life, and whatever rantness we can come up with over the next oh, four and a half or five. No, we'll try and keep it to an hour. Mr. Page, Happy New Year. Welcome back. Good to talk to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, it's really great to be back. You said that without crossing your fingers. Well done. <laughs> yes, you're right, <laughs> mate. Um, I should I should just ask you. I suppose a new year, new uh, new things happening. Uh, any any new businesses? Any anything going on for you? Uh, haven't started a new website or anything? Or <laughs> no, 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 definitely, definitely not. Still running strongman.com. Sure am. Okay. Sure am. Good. Um, you know, I I was just saying to you off air before. I, I've done. I almost am, I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but I've done very little investing related work slash thinking in the past few weeks. And it's been great. It's been really, it's been really great. Uh, is there, is there, is there a, uh, a hook here somewhere? What, what comes next? No, there's not, no? there's, there's not, nothing. No, okay. it, it, I, 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 it feels worse than complacent you know mm. i think we we get I, I might have said this in one of the pre-records we did for the break but it was just this idea that you've got to constantly be across it you know this idea where you've got some room with 12 monitors and you you know a thousand alerts and mm. bots that are scraping the net forever you know it's like that's the kind of level you need to be to have any hope of success in this and it, it just gets it for me at least anyway i think it can get a bit draining after mm. a while it can kind of i think anything that you enjoy and that is fun but if you do it too much it kind of takes the love and romance <laughs> and interest out of it all and so yeah. i've i've found all of that is just to say that it's just been very it's been a really good period to just recharge the batteries and as i said i'm i'm sort of i'm really looking forward to 2024 and i i think Part of it has been just that that opportunity to sort of step back mm. to realize that whether or not I'm staring at a screen, these businesses that I own a small portion of are still doing their thing. Like that's that's the that's the thing I have to constantly remind myself. It, it's it's like that, um, you know. If if I'm not looking at something, it'll stop existing. You know, it's like no, no, no it's it's cool. The things the world will go on. In fact, <laughs> in fact. That's kind of the cool thing about investing, right? Ah, is 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 that I get to, mm-hmm. I get to buy a little part of a business, mm-hmm. and yet there's a CEO and a management team. There's lots of employees. There's lots of assets, and so they're all just there doing their thing, and I don't have to. <laughs> I can just watch from the sidelines, and I, it's sort I, of I'm like just, I'm, just, I'm just hearing Montgomery Burns in the back of my head here. You you got you got minions to do things for you. Is that was that is that what I'm supposed to be drawing from this? Well, you know, pretty much, right? Like that's that's the cool thing about it. It's not like I have to go into the office and clock in yeah. and do all this kind of stuff. It's just like that. There are there are the the, the businesses themselves mm-hmm. are doing this. And and what point to in? I mean, it's kind of like why why would I invest if if that's not the case, right? Like that's mm-hmm. the whole point is to get my money to do the work, mm-hmm. not not for me to. I've done the work, right? <laughs> I've done the work. I've sacrificed the spending so I can save, and then I've put that savings to work so the money can now do the work. Now that's not to say it's complete laissez-faire. Don't do anything. Obviously, I mean you've got to keep across things, and there's there is work involved, but you you really want that 
that asymmetry and with the the mm. output mm. or the input versus the output, right? I've done the thinking, I've done the work, I've made the allocation, and now it's you know I'll keep the finger on the pulse, but let yeah. let the businesses do their thing. That's what's so cool about all of this. And then as that sort of scales and compounds away, you just find that it just sort of <laughs> creates a life of its own, and it's just like mm. I'm doing less and less and less. And making more and more and more. <laughs> I would, I would good. to you. Is pretty good. Pretty I, good. Uh, I'm not necessarily a dividend investor. I do like dividends. I know you're not either. But uh, there is still something very special about the dividend hitting the bank account. Where I go, mm. not, 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 only, not only do I have, do I have people out there working on my behalf, and you're right. I mean, I, I joked about the burn thing, but it's true. The other thing is when they just send you so much, it's like. I just got sense, and yes, the amount you put down is much larger than that. I get all that, right? But but you, sure. can, you make your investment, hoping that over time it builds. And then every now and again, someone just gives you some cash. Like that's kind of cool. fantastic. My young bloke getting you know four dollars in dividends or something, and it's still even that is still like, mate, yes. you got that for nothing. It's like, did I? And just that, yeah. that kind of like you know the light bulb goes on again. It's not for nothing. Don't at me. It's too early in the year to do that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a remarkable uh, remarkable thing, mate. It's it's very very nice to be part of, and that's that's kind of the thing about you know owning capital. It's it's very very cool way to uh, way to go about things yep and it's it's a very cool i mean this is i mean it's this is hardly new news this we're mm-hmm. going on three four hundred years since it's like the, the <laughs> ec- equity market and more or less its modern form was yes, sort of yes. conceived but but this is i mean w- for the longest time you really had to own the whole thing right or be in the very upper echelons to to be an owner of capital but now with with an app <laughs> i can take 500 bucks and be an owner of capital you know that is that is pretty special i sometimes have to pinch myself at at, at how cool that that is that i can own uh, any number of some of the biggest most profitable exciting companies in the world and have equal rights to everyone else, proportionally relative to my holding, of course, but still, that is that is that is kind of something that's pretty special. I think it gets lost in the ziggy zaggy charts and the ups and downs of the prices yep. and the rest of it. But it's like, no, I actually, I, I know it's a bit of a um, bugbear of mine is often, mm. you know, especially around Christmas dinner tables and that. And it's just like, oh, it's not tangible. You don't really know. That's the great <laughs> thing about bricks and mortar. And like, it's like no they yeah. exist in the correct, real world correct. they're out there right and and i and i own some of that and it's like oh yeah but it's only yeah but so what i still own it right and that is a really cool yeah. thing and whatever they decide to send out to the owners of the business i will get my share of that you know whatever whatever prosperity that that business um provides i get to share in that mm-hmm. you know uh, good and bad by the way but it's anyway it's I don't know what I'm saying here. This is not breaking news, but it is. It is sometimes <laughs> you you forget that, that that we get to enjoy that, you know, and yep. and it, it's it's something I I don't take for granted. It's really cool. I think so too. Um, I, you know, it, it's funny you talk about that, mate. I think the other thing about taking some time off is it's a reminder that investing isn't. I mean, it is a doing thing, but it's not as much a doing thing as we kind of like to believe, right? The yes, we're not paid per hour of investing. We're paid per good idea. Buffett and Munger have talked about that before. You know, the idea of like, you know, we're not, activity is not, I mean, it can be correlated if you're good at it, I suppose. But generally speaking, this is not an activity equals outcomes or outputs exercise. Um, yeah. it, it's it's a good idea. It's a, it's a smart thinking. It's a uh, patience. It's all those other things. And I think, you know, Morgan Housel, a great writer we've talked about regularly, uh, talks about some of you know, his best work time is spent walking. You know, and Me that too. idea of like, you know, that that's, that's where the value Strong is. Strong agree. And for a whole lot of people who are, used to a very command and control version of life, 
you kind of well, hang on, they're not working. Why am I paying you for just you know walking around thinking? So well, it depends what you want as output from me. If you want me just to do lots of stuff, I can do lots of stuff for you. If that's if that's genuinely what you want, but I kind of thought you'd want me to be right and actually come up with some worthwhile ideas. So as much yeah. as you say not doing investing stuff, I mean, the longer you do it, once you got the foundations. The, the, the ruminations, frankly, it sounds lazy or, and this is the problem, right? The, with, the, with the paradigm we start with, but the ruminations, the, the reflections, the observations, the thinking, the all that stuff. I mean, that's where, you know, there are not that many great ideas in the world. So spending a bit of time refining your thoughts, your processes, coming up with ideas, killing them off, starting again, all that stuff. That, that, is, that is the process of investing. It, it's not a, you can't measure it in terms of, you know, widgets, but, it's, but yeah. it's that, that's where the value comes from. And it's, it, it's so right to think about it in terms of output per uh, input, uh, you know, unit of work kind of thing. This is one of my big criticisms of, of trading. And I, I would probably define trading as something where I'm trying to buy and sell and, you know, um, make a gain in, in, in that activity through a, a speculation of, of short-term prices. Yep. A lot of people do it and it's fine. I mean, I've, I don't know about you. I've, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's sustainably done that. So I think it's, I think it's dumb, frankly. Maybe you're up in the newspaper uh, if, there, if those people existed. Let's, let's put it that way. You, you just, you know, all the greatest investors are investors. <laughs> not traders. Um, it always seems to be so controversial when you mm. say that. But, well, whatever, I'm going to say it. But, but my point is this. Let's just say for the sake of argument, that it was something that you could reliably do and get good results. I just think if, again, I'm sitting in front of my 12 screen like home setup and I'm getting up in the middle of the night to see what the US market did and I'm doing, and I'm just, I'm at my desk all the day, all day working. And let's say at the end of a, you know, an average year, I have generated a 12 or 13% return. Um, and by just sort of a more passive kind of approach, I have generated a 10% return. Well, 13% is obviously better, but I think when you sort of look at the dollar of outputs of all of these things on a per hour basis, I don't think it compares. It's like on one, I'm, I'm probably getting thousands of dollars per hour. On the other one, I might be getting tens of dollars per hour. Right. You yep. know, I guess it yep. depends on yep. the capital base you're working with. But do you, do you see mm-hmm. the point I'm making Absolutely. in the sense that it's sort of like, the, it, it, for me, if you want to do that, knock your socks off, fill your boots. <laughs> I, I would urge you to think carefully about it yeah. because it's, it's, it's gambling essentially. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but ev- my point being is even if you are successful, you often – and if you, would, if you would divide your profits by the That's amount right. of time you've spent working on it, it, you'd probably be better off going packing some shelves at Woolies. You know, it's, you it's, so it's not great. You're so it's would. not a great return. You've got to come up with the capital in the first place. So but, but, but yes. if, you're, if you're day trading, your, your money becomes your inventory, not your earning power. Like, you know, I do yeah. this, you do that. We get money left over, hopefully, if we're smart and don't spend too much. We put that money into the market. That's why people say to us all, say to me all the time, oh, if you're so good, why aren't you just doing this and for yourself? And it's like, because I wasn't born with a trust fund. I actually, I actually yeah. work for a quid. <laughs> you know, like, hopefully, yes. I'm helping some people along the way, by the way, but I'm working for a quid. And in, yeah. and in doing that, uh, the idea of, of that kind of, you know, putting a bit of money aside over time, hopefully that compounds nicely, but compounding takes decades. You know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't get to start when I was minus 30. So, you know, that's, that's the way this works. But you're right, it's, it's that process of, uh, you know, trading for a living is that you, you're, as I say, you, you're working for you're working for a wage. There is no yeah. there is no freedom in that, right? Yeah, I mean, if, look, if you can do it successfully, well, you're unusual and, and good luck to you. It's a big if, yeah, yeah. But let's assume then you're then you're working for a wage, and that's fine. But that's not yeah. that's you know the, the incremental passive income bit. The passive bit is this, that then when the dividends come in, that's the passive bit, right? When you have to work daily to get a return, you're just working for a wage, and that, again, completely fine. But just be mindful. That's what you're doing. 
Oh, look, I'm lazy too, right? <laughs> that, that, that's the appeal. I, I want I want the returns. I just don't want to have to do another second job to sort of generate them. I, I want, again, my money to work for me. I, I Here's the other thing as well. I, I saw a stat over the break that I'd seen before and um, just forgotten mm. about it. And now that I say it, I'm, I'm not going to get it exactly <laughs> right. But it's something like 90% of the gains mm. happen in 2% of the trading days or well, something right. like that Yeah, I believe it. In, in the sense that if you want to take uh, an Amazon or an REA group or a mm-hmm. Cochlear or a CSL or, you know, pick, pick your high flying, super wealth mm. creating long-term stock. When you look at those things, it, it the, it's easy to look back with the benefit of hindsight <laughs> and bring up a 10 year or 20 year chart and yeah. go, Oh, wow, look at that. That's yeah. just amazing. It's like, yeah, it is. But here's the other thing is that, the journey itself is full of boredom. In fact, it's worse than that. It's the, the journey itself is full of it's full of uh, uh, disappointment. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "How can you be disappointed with a journey like that?" It's like, well, there's, there's, there's it's hard to do uh, in audio format, but mm-hmm. they they have these drawdown charts, which all they do is they just show you how far a price is at any point in time below the previous high, and and when you plot that out, you see that most of the time, almost all of the time, stocks, even for stocks that are going to the moon, spend most of their time percentage-wise below a previous high. So as you're living through that experience, you go, I'm going to buy this thing. Right, it's really exactly. great. Might have a little bit of a bump, but yeah, yeah I feel yeah. really good. And maybe I'm in profit the whole way. I'm not, let's, let's be clear. You may you may well be in, in profit, but then you sort of, like for the next three months, I'm below that previous high. I was like, mm-hmm. ah. Yeah, I'm pretty happy because I bought it at $3. <laughs> now it's at $7. But, you know, at the start of the year, it was at $10. And it just sits there for ages and ages and ages and ages. And then you have this face-melting rally over a period of a few weeks where the market cottons on to something that it, it's it's missed. And you go, yes, and you feel alive. And this is great. This is what I'm here for. And then nothing. And then nothing and nothing and nothing and nothing. And it's just, it mm. is normal. Yeah. That is normal. I think we all look, mm. we're, we're probably guilty of this as well when you talk about sort of average returns and, you know, the market can sort of give you a, a near enough 10% total return on average. And, and we expect that incremental steady gain, but it doesn't happen that way. It's like, uh, what's the quote with, uh, with, with war? It's like, you know, hours of boredom, boredom punctuated right, right, by, yeah. you know, yeah. minutes of terror. Yeah, and it, yeah. it's- you know, and that's what investing is like as well. It is, it is nothing happens for so long. And then, and, and the reason I, I raise this mm. is that I think the tr- another issue with, with trading is that you might be able to get yourself a nice little earner by sort of buying and selling and, and doing these other kinds of things. But if you happen to be out, during one of these two, right, exactly. the 2% of the time, <laughs> what is the, when this what happens, happens correctly, expecting a fall and doesn't fall. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah, still, exactly. You're still, you're still, if you're trading, you're literally expecting those things to happen. I mean, yep. You, yep. you're making bets. Not if you're, if you're betting on the market, you only own the market. You're not trading. So if you're trading, you're trying to choose individual stocks or sectors or companies or directions of the market. I mean, it, it, it's not only just yes. being out. It's actually it's worse than that because if you're in yes. the wrong part of the market or you're betting on a fall and it rises, 
not only do you miss the fall, miss the rise, you probably actually pay for it because you picked <laughs> the wrong way. It's, I mean, it's, yeah. it is brutal. It is brutal. And here's, here's the other thing while I'm putting the boot into trading <laughs> is, is, is that you, you have to be able, let's say you do pull the rabbit out of the hat, right? And you just, you, you manage to have a, a really good run. It's like, great, nice, profit banked. Uh, do it again. <laughs> yeah, what exactly? Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. You did it again. Do it again. Yeah. Do it again. Now, when, you, when you're investing, mm-hmm. you only have, again, you mentioned Morgan Housel. He speaks a lot about this. You mm-hmm. only have to make a couple of right investments to, yep. to have to have a huge outsized impact on your life. If you're the kind of person that just, you know, um, made a good allocation to a, a, a phenomenally attractive business with long, excellent long-term mm-hmm. prospects, you know, like the, the ProMedicuses or the CSLs or again, you know, put, it, put your favorite stock in there. Um, <laughs> but you, you only need a couple of those Correct. in your investment journey and it changes everything, everything. And you, you, in fact, even if that was like, even when you balance that against a lot of other stuff that may have not done well, as long as you're smart about it and you're not like, quote unquote, locking in profits along the way, you can almost afford to make be wrong 80% of the time. As long as the 20% of the time that you are right and you stick with it, <laughs> it, it covers a lot of sins there as well. And so that's that's another thing that I'm I'm quite mindful of as well, knowing that I I, I can't continually knock it out of the park. I, I, I'm not Midas. Not everything I touch turns to gold far from it. But if, but if it occasionally turns to gold, uh, that's good enough, right? When you when you when you take that longer view. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's really good to know that we have started the year where we left off, which is half half rants, half the things we've already said, and going completely off agenda. So that that's we've, we've hit oh, the trifecta right. on our very first recorded. We podcast. had an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Look, it's, it's all it's, you know, This is this is where the value is, right? Um, speaking of that agenda, mate. Speaking of being in the new year, though, uh, we talked a little bit towards the end of the year as we did some of those pre-records about what the market had done and was doing. Um, a quick a quick stop in. I mean, we're kind of. I was going to apologize for being two and a half weeks late with these observations, except kind of what you were saying, it doesn't need to be timely. That's kind of not the point, right, with these things. Um, The lessons are hopefully eternal and and still worth, uh, the the facts still worth pointing out. Last year, the ASX was up something around 13.5%, including dividends, which is, it makes my life very easy because that's roughly one and a half times the average annual gain of about 9%. What do they say about the market? It climbs a wall of worry. Yeah, and like they? remember this time last year, mm-hmm. there was a lot of storm clouds. Uh, you know, out there, there was a lot of things to be worried and concerned about. And, and no, real things. Think- a lot of them came true. That's the other thing. It wasn't. It wasn't even that the the, the risk factors were wrong. The economy's growing at zero point two percent. Four out of yep. five retail sales categories, according to the ABS, are in negative territory. Yes. Unemployment's yeah. ticking up. Inflation has come down a bit, but still stupidly high. Interest rates have gone up massively over 2023. If you just said, hey, all these things will happen, not even might happen, not even here are the risks, but these things will actually happen. Now, hotshot, what are you going to do? Yeah. Most people said, yeah. I'm going to invest. That's ridiculous. Why would I invest? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know... Um- <laughs> you got to be careful because it's the first body of the year. But <laughs> go on. look at look at go look on. at look at look at property, right? Like how did crack a year? And and the, the, the reason time, I, I want to timestamp this, we are eighteen minutes into the recording for twenty twenty four. Go on. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm just 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 to <laughs> emphasize the point that you're making because in yeah. particular, what was being discussed at that point in time right. was the mortgage cliff. We talked about mm-hmm. it a lot too. It rates. It's the fastest rating rate tightening cycle in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's up to the eyeballs. Every <laughs> I think bar none. I you know maybe the kook was the the one outlier here. But I think pretty much every 
every major uh, economist and pundit was sort of saying, yep. not necessarily the things are going to crash, but it's just like it's not going to be a great year, obviously, because the, the cost of capital is, is, is going uh, sky high. It would go up. Yeah. What was it nationally? Like 8%? It was like, yeah. huh, that yeah, wasn't no, on my bingo card, right? Of, of all much, people, it wasn't on my bingo card. I think it almost exactly offset the fall the previous year too. Right. Which we, So nothing right. ever isn't great, don't get me wrong, but it's like for all those, for all of those falls, yes. that's, not, that's not going away. It's like well, they, predicting those things over, over a 12-month period and still investing. It's, yep. uh, yeah, exactly. Can I flip it around though? And I, I don't want to make sure that the, the right point is is made here. It may be. Well, we'll get into it. I'm keen for your your outlook, actually. But the the um, the reverse is also true, right? Like you can have a setup to the start of the year, early January, going, huh? There's no things to worry about. Everything seems to be ticking over smoothly. People are spending. Lots of people are employed, etc., etc., etc. And then, boom! You know, rake in the face kind of situation. Um, that that is also true. And and I guess the the point there is is. Well, short-term trading is is um, I was going to say the B word, but you know it is <laughs> short-term trading. It, it's tough, right? Um, uh, tough is and, a better and, word. And and you can you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess that's the point. Things tend to work out pretty well over a reasonable span of time, despite those challenges. As I said before, it is that climbing of the wall of worry that that you know, in spite of all of this stuff. You know that that you can still do well and really be in a really happen and unfold in very counterintuitive ways. Um, what keeps it all interesting, I guess. It really does. What's really your take? Does. What's your takeaway from that, though? Like, you know, when when you look at that and go, "Huh, it was completely wrong." What everyone said. I need to. Re- I need to seriously rethink my philosophy on life. Or, yeah. or I mean, I know what you think, but I, I think it's worth. I want to. I, I want to hear you articulate. <laughs> um. I gave up trying to predict things a million years ago for exactly these reasons, right? Yeah. Um, could you have predicted the outcomes? No. Uh, some did, yeah, because they got lucky or they always do with the old broken clocks, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll flesh that out for the new listeners. A, even a broken clock is right twice a day. One of your, one of your faves, Andrew, and you, you're absolutely right. Well, this um, is this is uh, analog clocks just for those. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that, what do you below, mean broken? Below a certain it's, age. It's flashes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, we're going to have to re- retire that one. The older I get, mate, the fewer of my popular cultural references actually work anymore. I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm slowly having to shelve them. It's like the Fonzie, the, the who? But Matt Mash. <laughs> who? <laughs> clocks. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to run out of people to talk Although, to. Although, to be fair, they were dated when we were kids correct, as well. Like, we're not that old, but yes. Well, we're getting old. Uh, anyway, um, so yes, so no one predicted it. If they did, they were probably lucky because they probably got it wrong the year before or the year after. So predictions suck. And even if you knew those facts, then you would have been wrong if you'd said, well, obviously the economy is going to go into a funk and that's a problem. So a couple of things. First, stop trying to time the market. Secondly, um, don't, uh, don't rely on predictions and forecasts because they don't work. Um, mm-hmm. Thirdly, remember that the market isn't the economy, and the economy isn't the market. That's probably the mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, uh, there are generic takeaways, i.e., stay invested, invest regularly, all that stuff we talk about all the time. This one in particular is the economy is not the market. You know, the the Australian economy probably finished the year objectively weaker than any point, frankly, even since before COVID, because there was so much instant government support. Uh, yeah. Now, the underlying economy was probably weaker in 2020, or almost certainly was. Uh, well, no, not almost, certainly was. Um, mm. but, but realistically, I think we're in the weakest spot we've been since probably the 90s recession, mate, right now. Um, now, it doesn't mean we're going to have a recession, but I think if you objectively look at it and say, well, hang on, GDP is growing at that rate, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, mm. But the market isn't the economy. I mean, you know, here's the other thing. With I think we talked about this because uh, in a pre-record, but 
the numbers were are now in. The biggest the best performing sector last year was IT. The second best was consumer discretionary stocks. So overlay no, that, right? Overlay I that know. on top of everything we just said. Now the, I the, called I called oh. BS on the, I heard that and I go, no. <laughs> Journalist has made a mistake. Yeah, That's yeah, not true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except it's true. Except it is absolutely what happened. Consumer discretionary? Yeah. Like, how is that possible? I mean, well, now, we-, well, we know, right? So the thing, well, there's two options. I shouldn't, I shouldn't assume I know. There's two options. Either the market's too excited about it and they're overpriced or they were underpriced to start with and now they're reasonably priced or some- Or a combination. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, my, so my, my take is at the beginning of 2023, and the market's not stupid, right? Beginning of 2023, the market's gone, hey- Things are getting tougher. Rates are going to go up. This is going to, yeah. People will probably spend less money. Harvey Norman, I'm sure I said this, um, I own shares. Sales fell 12% for the first, uh, was it 20 odd weeks of the of the financial year, something like that. And the share price didn't move. In fact, I think it just went up on the day. Um, why? Because the market already expected it. And so again, it's yeah. the market, only, share price only move when the markets get surprised. That That's why. Otherwise, everything is quotes priced in, which is a phrase I hate. But basically, if you know something's going to happen, you've got to pay a, an appropriate price for that outcome. If you know sales are going to double, you'll probably pay a bit more than if you didn't know that, right? If they, So it's only the surprise that we have a, uh, in which case we have a different, a different situation. So what do I take out of it? The market's not the economy. The economy's not the market. By the way, I think the economy will be in a better place at the end of this year than the beginning. But I don't know mm-hmm. where the share price, I don't know where the, where the market's going. It may well be that's already priced in, in which case, Maybe this year's not a good year. Or maybe it's a great year. I don't. Yep. I, this is the other thing. Like, I don't know. And people want me to tell them so they can do something with it. I don't know. I really don't know. I didn't I didn't invest any extra money or take any money out of the market in early 2023. I haven't added more or taken more out in 2024. Because I don't know. You, you just talked about the you know, 90% of the gains and 2% of the days or whatever. Mm. The same is true mm. over years. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's just oh, not that, that extreme. But the idea of like, I don't know. Maybe, you know, if I'd done that beginning of last year, I'd be 13% to the bad. And now I was putting me back in, and this year is terrible. I actually might even compound that. I don't know what's going to happen. So uh, that's 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 the takeaway. Can I challenge you on something? Sure. Um, how how do you square this circle? So on one hand, you're sort of saying, you know, you can't predict this stuff, so I don't. Yes. And then someone might reasonably say, well, actually, isn't that really the core of investing? Like, <laughs> how, how can you invest without predicting? You just said you own Harvey Norman shares. Yeah. Now. I assume that within that position, there, there it is backed by a prediction of sorts, right? Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you could have put that money somewhere else, right? Mm-hmm. So you're, you are predicting that Harvey Norman is going to provide decent mm-hmm. returns. I mean, I, I, again, I'm, I'm sort of doing this tongue in cheek because I know what you're going to say, but that <laughs> I think that is, I think for those that are new, that that is a very reasonable position. I mean, how can you possibly say you can't predict and yet? overtly make a prediction by allocating your capital in a specific stock. Yeah, you do know the answer and probably our listeners know the answer as well. I think it's a couple of things, mate. Um, predictions generally tend to be short-term in nature. I will I will happily predict that the economy is larger in 15 years' time than it is today. Right. Uh, there, there, there are no... I, I, am I allowed to say that? Probably. Um, ASIC has very specific rules. All I'm allowed to say, not allowed to say. I think, I think I'm allowed to say, I'm allowed to guarantee that. I think, you know, if there are guarantees, that's it, right? Now, yeah. does it mean that the 15th year we won't have a recession? No. But the compound growth over any extended period of time, yeah. you know, the, the, the chances are, there's more chance of, I don't know, getting hit by lightning than the economy not being bigger in 15 years' time, right? Like, the, you know, yeah. these things are about as certain as you get. Um, so it's a question of, the things that are possible to predict, the things that are worth trying to predict, and the time frame over which you do it. So, yes. uh, to your point about Harvey Norman, I think I'm down on my Harvey Norman purchase. 
Um, if I was good at predicting a 12-month gain or, or fall, I wouldn't have bought shares whatever, whenever I bought them, right? Um, yeah. By the way, I don't know whether I'm up or down. I don't really care. That's the other thing. I've, I've learned not to bother even checking share prices. Um, I, I couldn't tell you my cost base of almost anything I own. Um, not because I don't want to care. Not that it doesn't matter, but I don't care. Just It's, it's irrelevant mm. to me now because it doesn't matter. Whether I bought mm. it for half or double the price, it doesn't matter right now. It only matters what happens from here. So yeah. that's the that's the starting point. Um uh, the, the the question about prediction though or maybe ex, is, is better probably presented as expectation yeah because I'm going to yeah. and the other thing is I'm going to be wrong sometimes that's the other yeah. thing that's why diversification yeah. matters am I going to be right about Harvey Norman I don't know yeah. I hope yeah. so I, may, I have money riding on it so I hope I'm right but I also know that in my portfolio of 20 odd Australian companies I'm going to be wrong on some of them which ones yeah. don't know <laughs> You know, so, yeah. so, so, if, so if that's you knew why, you wouldn't hold them. Right. And so that, and that's yeah. the thing about, you know, if, you, if you're playing the game, play a diversified game. I think Harvey Norman's profits will be larger in 10 years' time than they are today. I think they'll be larger in five years' time than they are today because I think the forces that are at play in the economy, both for Harvey Norman specifically and the economy in general, are mm. likely to deliver a more prosperous output for the company in five years' time. Yep. Now, again, I use the words more likely, or I think very, very deliberately, because I'm not making predictions of the economy will grow at 2.4% or uh, you know the stock market will go up 9% or, or having normal shares will go up 13%. I don't know. I, I'm saying at the current price, I think it's likely that more people shop there. Why? Because I kind of have a reasonable understanding of consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. And yeah. could it be disrupted? Of course, for a million different reasons. Absolutely. Um, you know, maybe Harvey Norman dies. Maybe Jerry Harvey's a fraud. Maybe, you know, whatever else. He's not, by the way. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe maybe all these other things happen. Maybe, you know, uh, uh, Amazon goes blitzkrieg and sells every white good and brown good for 25 cents. Okay, well, that yeah, that's possible. But over time, it's likely that Harvey Norman will grow because it has a strong consumer franchise, a great brand, seriously great presence, great net brand recall, bargaining power with suppliers. It might be your favorite retail. It might be my favorite retail. Enough people will shop there over time. Uh, the population is growing, despite comments I've made in the past about whether I think that's a good idea or not. Uh, you know, it's, it's just likely in my view. So it's just it, I, I'm investing is is honestly we we can't talk about investing and speculating or betting as different things, but it's not that different at heart. It's about just trying to understand the odds of something happening and, and trying to get a decent return based on those odds. So that that's why yeah. I think I, yeah. I don't know what happens. I'm not predicting Harvey Norman's share price or even profitability. But I think it's probabilistic that in five years' time it's earning more money, and if it is, then mathematically today's price looks relatively cheap on that basis. That's that's literally as as much as I need to do or know to buy shares in Harvey Norman. Yeah, I mean, I, I the way I frame it is it's about being generally right as opposed to specifically wrong. Nice. You yep. know, they're all predictions. Yep. They can all be wrong. But someone who's out there going, you know what? I think the sun will rise in the east tomorrow is making a mm-hmm. prediction, but it's probably going to be a good one. Versus I think Woolies second quarter earnings are going to come out with a, you know, uh, per share uh, underlying earnings figure of $2.33.6. Like they are, they are both predictions, but, but one is, <laughs> one's a lot safer bet. And, and, and none of this, I think those that do it well, for me, I always start with two questions before, when I look at any stock, any investment, in fact, is will it be around yes. in five and 10 yes. years? Like first, that's the first question. Right? Yep. Like it might yep. be like if that if that is not true, I am mm-hmm. picking up pennies in front of a steamroller. <laughs> That's right. Like, or if so there's a reasonable risk that it mightn't be. It's not just a yes, yes. no question because you never know the answer to that either. As you just yes. to add to you what you're saying, it's you know if it's got lots and lots and lots of debt and it's making you know uh, wagon carts or, or, or Polaroid cameras, <laughs> you're like ah, faxes. I don't know. Sorry? 
or fax machines or yeah you know it's so like that's that is that is the first question right and 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 then you go okay tick Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next one is: Is it earning materially more on a per share basis than mm-hmm. it is today? Mm-hmm. Now, if now again, I can still do well if that's not not true, but it's much harder. Mm-hmm. But if I can get those two broad things right, then it really just comes down to maybe a little bit of general valuation and very very broad brushstroke valuation kind of stuff. Because mm-hmm. if you get those two parts right, uh, you know, <laughs> every, every, everything else – and then I'm not saying they're easy to, to answer necessarily. You've got to mm-hmm. sort of – there's a lot underneath the hood there in, in informing those views. But that's really the, the kind of starting point. And they're just easy – I'm not saying they're easy, but they are easier to predict than the Q3 earnings result, <laughs> even though they're mm-hmm. both predictions. That's right. I think, I think that's exactly right, mate. Um, let's let's move on to uh, speaking of New Year. I, I'm curious. I, I don't. I don't think you're this sort of bloke. But but let me let me ask you anyway. Did you uh, make any New Year's resolutions? And if you did, have you managed to keep them on day? We're recording this on the 18th. So day 18 of the year. Uh, how is how is the Andrew Page New Year's resolution scoreboard? <laughs> I I don't do them. I think okay. I made the, the same comment last year. I, they are they have been shown. Uh, to just just never to work, and and the reason is I think we set ourselves up for the, they're too specific, and it's it's more about I think what you want to do in your life is I think someone I, I heard describe it as you want a a theme for the year, right? And in fact, you probably want to narrow that down because year is a bit too long. It's not like it's a blink of the eye in many ways, mm. but but in our sort of human timescales, day to day, it feels too long. It's more about. Mm having these general themes, because when you have hyper-specific uh, goals, it's very it, it's very hard to be exactly right. Now, let's give the classic example of, you know, I want to quit smoking, something like that. Yeah. And you think, oh, my goal for 2024 is to quit smoking. And then you find yourself at a party at one night and you have a cigarette. It's like, ah, oh, I, I, I failed my New Year's resolution. <laughs> it's done. Ah, well, it's done. Ah, well, I will try again. the second one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's, it's silly. Whereas yeah. if, if you kind of think, well, no, I really want to stop, yeah. but I, I'm going to make moves in that direction. And and it, it is still a phenomenal success that you've gone mm. from a, I don't know, it's probably a dated example, but, you know, a, a back a day <laughs> to I had none for like three months and then I had a, a, a moment of weakness at a party. But it's okay. My theme is still on right. track here. Yes, yes. So I think the you set yourself up for failure with hyper-specific. Yeah. So I don't have any uh, specific um, uh, New Year's resolutions. So, what, what's the sort of the themes that I'm that I'm going for? <laughs> I I I really I don't know if it's a stage of life kind of thing, but I'm really trying to get to a point of life is short. What there's a great saying I heard. Uh, you know, a man has two lives, and the 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 second one starts when he realizes he only has one, or something like nice. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> and I've always loved that in, yeah. in the sense that. But it's it's sort of, I I think as a younger man it was very much about I, <laughs> I, I, I gotta be yeah. careful here because it makes me yeah. sound very uh, material and and worried mm-hmm. about money. It's not, but I just I just realized that I think you, we all realize at a certain point that you know money is kind of important if you want freedom and freedom mm-hmm. is super important to me. Um, um, but I I, I think it, it's about trying to strike an appropriate balance. I'm sure I could earn a lot more money. And if I worked a lot harder and took different kinds of jobs and the rest of it, but I think I'd also be very miserable. So I'm trying to move more and more to a life where I 
have more control over what I do. (laughs) And it's not something that I measure in dollars, but something I get to measure in terms of flexibility and freedom of time. Now that obviously only, it's very easy to say that, Mm. you know, but if you don't have food on the table or a roof over your head, that's, you know, it's very difficult. So you've got to sort of cover the basics, but I'm trying to move more and more in that direction where it's more quality than, than, than quantity. And so, yeah, yeah, I I, I know that's probably a bit wishy-washy and a bit vague, but that's, I'm trying to move more and more in that direction. If I can get to a stage as I continue to get closer to retirement where I'm, I'm working quote unquote less, but I'm enjoying my time. I want to be able to sort of get up Mm. in the morning and do the things that I find interesting and exciting and engaging while still being able to provide and further my my fi- sort of financial goals. So it's hard, right? Like that's that's a very hard balance to sort of strike, but that's the balance I'm kind of trying to go for. Hashtag work life balance. Yeah, uh, totally. I'm talk about that in a minute, actually, mate. We're going to talk at the end about uh, some summer reading if we get to that point. Um, yeah. I No, I'm not a resolutions guy either. Um, not, not, a, not a fan at all. Um, I have some similar thoughts to you, and I will, I will probably spend a bit more time on them when, I, um, when I've done the... Um, we do our summer reading. I... We, spent, we put a pool in last year, which uh, is is a nice, again, nice to be able to have that opportunity um, given what these things cost these days. Uh, if I have a New Year's resolution, it's probably, and we also had our house repaired after flood damage, which took about 80 months to get done. So I'm actually hoping for a quieter year this year. I'm hoping for a quieter year, fewer tradies around the house, maybe a little bit less in terms of money outgoing. Um, so again, not a resolution, but a kind of an aim to maybe just keep things a little bit simpler. Um, that, that's probably a, a probably a, a reasonable resolution. And again, similar to yours, um, there's a there is a perpetual trade off. This I'm not going too far because I want to talk about this in a minute. There's a perpetual trade off between uh, spending now and spending later. Right, saving is deferred consumption, uh, and if you can save and then compound that, then you get to defer a lot of consumption. Oh, sorry, a little bit of consumption now for a lot of consumption later. But there is still a trade off between when you want to do the things you want to do. Uh, so mm. that's yeah. But but for me, it's kind of uh, you know. I think we'll probably try and save a little bit more this year. Um, not not to the exclusion of enjoying ourselves and enjoying life, but just kind of, you know, moving a bit closer, a bit more quickly to to that goal of, of financial freedom. Uh, I, I say every time I talk about this, I'm not going anywhere work-wise. I love what I do. I love this podcast. Um, to your point, mate, I'm, I'm very lucky to, to do what I want to do most mornings. There's some parts of my job I don't love, but that's life. Um, I'm very, very, very fortunate. So I'm not sure, you know, we've talked before about what else we do differently. But no, nothing, nothing. I'm not a news resolution kind of guy, mate. Um, Results I should make, like eating better and getting fit and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I haven't and I, I didn't. So we'll see how that how that nets out. Mm, uh, but nice. let's let's move. Let's let's kind of finish our reflection slash where are we at with inflation? Um, interest rates are still going to be the big topic with inflation for 2024. And I think we just, I just want to put a stake in the ground a little bit for our first podcast and kind of, you know, where are we at? Uh, story in the fin this morning that... Uh, the NAB is the last of the big four banks to now predict, speaking of predictions, uh, that <laughs> the RBA will not raise rates in February. They had previously believed they would. Uh, the big four banks are now saying they won't. The bond market apparently has like a 3% chance priced in. So uh, mm-hmm. it, there's, a, there's an almost universal belief, uh, which doesn't mean it's going to happen, by the way. The RBA is its own thing, that rates will not rise in February. And the, the, the general consensus now is we've hit the peak for rates and that they will start to... Me, they'll start to fall somewhere between September and November of um, of this year. Uh, I've seen predictions of cuts of up to 0.6 of a percent in the back half of this year. NAB is now saying 
I think they're saying one and a quarter percent. They expect to cut off the interest, the official cash rate between now and the end of next year. So it's probable that for the first time, I, you know, again, probable rather than predictions, I think we'll probably finish the year in a better place than we started it for the first time in, in quite a while. Uh, whatever bottoming out we do, it's almost, well, it's very likely, I think, wherever we bottom out, recession or not, will be on the, the upswing or at least have started that by the end of 2024. Um, that said, Inflation has been coming down, which was lovely. Uh, we know it dropped from 4.9 to 4.2 percent. It's 4.2, 4.3, 4.3, which is great, uh, and still, still a long way from the RBA's target range, though not that far if you think about it. 4.3 mm. to three, which is the top of their band. It's in striking distance. You can see it from here. Uh, yep. At the same time, I'm only, I'm only using half my purchasing power over, right. over a decade now. That's, exactly, that's, exactly. That's a win. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but the U.S. inflation rate actually bumped back up this month. So uh, we also shouldn't assume it's going to be a, a smooth sailing path from here. Um, your thoughts on, on where we're at? Uh, what You were smiling as I was talking, so I imagine... I was. I, mean, I, I am so smiling. It's, it's only... I, I, the, the When you read things like the Financial Review or sort of financially based sort of mm-hmm. publications... Yes, this is the story. It's the pivot. Like, you know, rates are going to come down this year. And, and it, it, it is framed as good news. And I just, mm. I, 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 call, I mean, people are going to be careful what I said before I get too many death threats here. Because <laughs> oh, I mean, a lot of people oh, with mortgages man. are going, how is this anything but good news? Yeah, but right. you've got to ask yourself. Yep. I mean, when you look over again, take a step back and mm-hmm. look at the, the grand sort of arc of history. We are, we're, we're, we're probably below the long-term average in terms of interest rates, oh, right? Yes. And, and, yeah. and we are all there going, oh my God, they're so high and oh, this is terrible <laughs> and the world's ending. And yeah. isn't it going to be great when interest rates come down? It's like, well, you've got to ask yourself why, <laughs> why would the uh, mm-hmm. central banks be keen to to cut interest rates? Yeah. And I think the expectation here is not just like there's going to be a bit of a plateau and then, mm. and then maybe we ease back a bit, but no, no, there's going to be cuts. It's like, well, that to me would suggest that through the Keynesian sort of uh, lens <laughs> yeah. that that things are bad, yeah. right? Like we need to stimulate. That's yeah. why we're doing. Otherwise, in other words, you know, people are, are are losing jobs. There's not enough economic activity. We need to we need to create demand, and we're going to create demand by cutting interest rates. So I I think when you sort of frame it up in that way, it's like well, this isn't good news. I mean, yeah. well, I would rather sort of. I don't want, let me be clear. I'm not advocating that I want to go to a world of 18% interest rates. Of course not. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. you know, but I do, I, I, I do think that if given the choice, I would rather sort of have an interest rate policy setting that is round about the long-term average yeah. and a very robust, healthy economy, as opposed to a, in, an environment where interest rates are super low, but, but, you know, things are on a very shaky kind of footing. So I just, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a real, bizarreness to to all of that to, yeah. to my mind is the is the first point i'd make the, the other one just sort of being is that and i know we do this a lot right it's sort of like the this is the current view according to the bond market according to the pundits according to the economists like, oh they're saying that are they saying that now yeah they're saying oh okay great so well they were saying this before yeah now they've changed their mind oh, okay <laughs> right. but they're right now because yeah. well, they were wrong before yeah that's yeah, right. yeah 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 they were, they were completely wrong but now they think this okay <laughs> if, if you had a friend who every time you saw them made these pretty and they're just yeah. wrong yeah. wrong yeah. wrong yeah. wrong wrong i mean after a while you just tune them out stop listening yeah, but exactly. but there is something bizarre when mm-hmm. it comes to markets that we will go <laughs> and we will talk about it endlessly and breathlessly mm-hmm. and there's the amount of column inches written on what you know 
talking head number three thinks from from Bank X. You know, I was like, what what that dude who's been consistently wrong for a ten year period is now saying this. Like, I don't care what they're saying, and it's not it's not it's not because they're idiots other than that they feel as though that they can do this it's just that it's very 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 hard to to predict this kind of stuff it comes back to what we were talking about before don't predict the things that are unpredictable and yeah i mean you know so look if, if you gun to the head yeah i'm i'm with you man i i, I think i think that there's there's a lot of sense in in sort of the outlook that's sort of given there but i think we also need to be super mindful that things can change really radically yeah i mean Trump is very likely to be the next president of the right. US. I was going to ask you about that. Right? Yeah. And, and I don't want to get political or I'm sure people can probably work out what my views are on that. But <laughs> the, 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 reason, the reason why that's – well, it's a bunch of reasons. I don't want to say what you all know I think. Why I <laughs> but from like – now, I think it's like when you're, you have kids, right, and they just get away with murder <laughs> and then they have another opportunity mm. to get up to mischief. They're going to go, there wasn't any consequences last time. You watch what potentially happens under that environment. Now, I don't know what that will be, but my, mm. I guess I use it as an example of here we are early January talking about what might happen and then you have the biggest – the, the exiest of X factors on the horizon towards the end of this year. Like, what's he going to do? I don't know. Like, no one knows. It's going to, it's so bizarre. Like the first term was just a warm up act. Like you've seen that, that, that was, that was him thinking that there was some constraints. Now it's like, Oh, turns out I can do whatever right. and, and still get, you know, back into power. So I, I think. And nothing to lose because there's no third term. I mean, There's is, nothing to lose, it, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's gonna be, you know, and yep. and like, like you take U.S. politics out of the equation. Just look at the geopolitical mm-hmm. scenario that all the tragedies that are happening mm-hmm. in in various wars, and now you've got you've you've got other agitations there. It's, in the my, Red my sea. point, yep. You know, so my mm-hmm. my point is is that I can guarantee you at this time next year when we are doing a review on 2024. The thing that we will be occupying our time is not even on our radar right now. Mm-hmm. It's not it, like it, 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 we expect it to be X and it'll be Y. And Y wasn't even sort of on the realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah, right. We talked about a lot with, with COVID, right? It's like no one had that on their bingo card. Global pandemics, like, huh, that happened. And it, it'll, it, it's not that it needs to be of that magnitude, but every year it is that. Every year it is. Like we said before, with with property and equities going into twenty twenty three. Oh my yep. gosh, it's going to be a disaster! Yep. No, turns out it was a really good year. Huh? Okay, now twenty twenty four. Oh, now we're all saying this. Well, maybe, probably not. And and not just be, just because it's un, it's it's almost unpredictable. So I don't know. Yeah. And I think I think I do think that people are counting chickens that aren't even close to sort of hatching yet. You you can you can talk about. So just take away forecasts. Let's just look at, at fact. It, inflation is coming down. Now, I've got to be careful. My, I, I really hate the language, as you know. I mean, the rate of erosion of your purchasing power is yes. slowing, yeah. is how yeah. I would frame it. Yeah. <laughs> Prices are not going back down again. Let's mm-hmm. just be clear on, on that kind correct, of thing. Correct. But, but they are, right? So, so the, rate, the rate of erosion of your purchasing power is slowing, yeah. which, which is great. But this is a multifactorial dynamic, which is you know a gazillion different inputs here. And, and I think we had sort of these supply mm-hmm. chain factors that are easing now. And that sort of helped with things. We've had a little bit of uh, steam taken off with with higher interest rates and and all the rest of it. 
But to my view, there's probably some other more um, significant factors underlying all of that, which is not going away. Mm, mm. And I, I don't think it's, I think it's a long time before the US gets anywhere near the 2% target that that it has. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, the US added more than a, trillion dollars in debt in just the last month or so right they are they are so far away from yeah. ever being able to reap it's, it's not this isn't a political state this is just like this is maths right yeah. Yeah. and and they because of because of what's happened with russia etc there's there's a lot of um foreign buyers or traditional buyers of of bonds because you have to make up the difference right you're spending mm-hmm. far more than you're, you're taking in they're far less likely to and have been. Again, I don't want to forecast. Let's just talk about fact. Are far less likely to buy. So, so the Fed monetizes it, right? The Fed just prints it up and buys it. And that's kind of cool, and you can get away with that short term. But there is nothing happening there, and we are going into a highly populist political environment where I don't think any there'll be any sensible adults in the room that are going to have any reservations on doing that. So the end the end result is I think you're gonna we're going to see far more. Um, much more money printing, frankly. <laughs> and I think that is is one of the dynamics that I know people talk about, but I think it's it's a it's a bigger dynamic than than people think. And wherever that wind is in your sails, it's gonna get ve- it's gonna be very hard when we're producing more units of currency than we're actually producing actual things in the real world. And I know I know that tends to be a controversial take for, for reasons that are beyond me. I don't know why that's controversial, but I feel as though until that d- dynamic, we see a structural long-term change in that trajectory. It's always going to be a, a bit of a bit of a sail into the wind kind of issue. I think that's right. I think that's right. And, and the hard part, as with any other forecasting, is we don't know for how long. How, you know what happens in the meantime, what impact or, or you know um, output there is from from that final result. If there is a final result, we finally make, we find a way to get it solved or whatever. Yeah. Understanding as always, understanding the risks. And being able to turn that into this will happen with this impact by this time. Oh yeah, they're, 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 that's why we don't predict. That's exactly why you can literally yep. go, "Does that look ugly?" But dot dot dot. Yep. And again, we've used the example so many times of the housing market and good old Steve Keen. I should stop. I mean, I don't mean to embarrass him, but you know, he sold his. It wasn't only the prediction. He sold his unit. He wasn't. He wasn't talking out of his backside for media. He literally sold his unit. And said, "I'm selling this. This is a ridiculous. House price is going to fall." And I want yeah. to say he sold a, Hurry, a Surrey Hills Sydney unit for four hundred grand. I think from memory, oh. I think that's right. If I don't mean oh. to besmirch him, if you, if, you, if that's not right, I'll help you correct the record. But um, who would sell it? Who would sell a property once they're on the ladder? Like you'd have <laughs> yeah. to be a moron. Who chooses to to off the property ladder? I know. Market I would. I would never do that. That is crazy. <laughs> just um, just so people realise I'm tongue yeah. in cheek. That's exactly what I did. As yeah, well. sorry, mate. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Let's move on because we are running out of, uh, nominally at least, time. Although maybe if we, can, we, can we time print the way the, the Fed money prints? We just kind of keep going forever, right? We'll just pretend it's only an, an hour because we just invented more time. So <laughs> really, people can listen to this without giving up any of their current time because we're going to add more time to the day at the end of the, end of the day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. um, speaking, of, speaking of things, speaking of starting off the way we finished, uh, I have to ask you about this, mate, and I'm going to hold you to no more than four and a half hours of, uh, with an answer. Uh, this, of course, <laughs> is the Bitcoin ETFs that have finally been approved by the US SEC, Securities yeah. and Exchange Commission. They are the, the equivalent of our regulator ASIC, or the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. Um, I, you know what's impressive about ASIC? They've got to keep the word commission. 
You know, you know when all those government agencies went through that that process of having all those words commissions and stuff taken off their names? It would it should be called oh, yeah. Securities and Investments Australia. You know, everything's it's Housing Australia or it's, you know, yeah. uh, Transport New South Wales. Not the New South Wales Transport Commission or, or any of that stuff. It's all, you know, the Housing Commission. So, no, it's, it's, it's just about housing now. So, ASIC should be surely the uh, Securities and Investments Australia is what they should be called. Um, yeah. It's a slight tangent. What's wrong with commission, though? What's wrong with commission? Oh, it's good. All, all the polys just try to corporatise and rebrand all this crap. No, nothing wrong with it at all. I'm just saying everything yeah. else has been taken away because they want yeah. to seem more yeah, something. So. I don't know what you call it. Uh, anyway, you know, it, it was state rail, then it was now it's transport for New South Wales. So, is that different? No, no, it's just a new name. So, so is it any different? No, no, it just sounds cool. Uh, Bitcoin ETFs, mate, back to that. The SEC has now said you can now... Um, uh, can now list if you're a fund manager and buy if you're an investor uh, or, or speculator. Some might say, but I won't go too far down that path. Uh, <laughs> you can, uh, or, or maybe, maybe if you just know what you're going, what you're doing, as Andrew might say, uh, you can now invest in Bitcoin ETFs on the U.S. market. Almost certainly paving the way uh, for ASIC to uh, clear them to be traded in Australia at some point. Uh, mate, I, I'm I'm not going to make any more comment other than to say. Uh, your thoughts, reflections, suggestions, ideas. How, how did you kind of greet the news and, and the subsequent response? I think it's a big deal. I think it's a really big deal. Uh, I think I think people overestimated the impact on day one. Yeah. Like if you were following crypto Twitter, as I was, um, <laughs> you would have been Bitcoin then, because crypto Bitcoin is crypto. You tell me. No, well, that's, that's very true. <laughs> I've Thank been you. listening. I've been listening. Uh, no, yeah, good, good gold star for you. So. Thank you. Um, uh, there was all this talk of God candles and, you know, oh. all this nonsense, which, which, which is basically a big face melting move upwards because this huge amount of institutional money, we're talking trillions of dollars, mm-hmm. which has never had access. Like, yes, technically it's had access to Bitcoin, yeah. but holding your own keys, the regulatory approval, the investment mandates against sort of these, uh, whether it be sort of pension funds or just mm. institutional holding or corporate treasuries, it's just very, very difficult. So what this does, it does two things. It provides an on-ramp for for institutional money, and there's a lot of it. Um, And it also legitimizes it. So you've gone from the – I'm always reminded of the the Gandhi idea of, you know, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, (laughs) then they fight you, then you win. So let's just step back a little bit here. And and also on the price action, I just want to make the point here, this thing has up 120% since the beginning of 2023 and people are disappointed is exactly what I talked about this start was just sort of like, even on face melting kind of, you know, <laughs> near term gains, we're all disappointed because yeah. it went five, it pulled back 5% after the, the ETF. It's like, no, these, these gains have been insane. Right. Mm. And, and anyway, so, so you had someone like Larry Fink, there's a lot of signal here. He is the, um, Head of BlackRock, the biggest asset manager in the world, you know, huge amounts of asset under management, calling it a Ponzi scheme, a uh, uh, an index of money laundering and everything that you possibly can. He's now on CNBC telling people that it is it is sensible to have a modest allocation. Right. You've you've got Franklin Templeton, one of the oldest, most prestigious investment managers in the world, putting laser eyes on their Twitter profile. Right. That, <laughs> That, that, you I'm, had, not sure, I'm not sure if that's accepted as a Bitcoin or, or you should sell every Franklin Templeton investment you have. I'm not sure yeah. what that says. You've got you've got Gary Gensler at the SEC casting the deciding vote to say, yes, we think that this is legitimate. Now, again, you can have your views on all of this kind of stuff, but there is something of note when the biggest, most powerful people in the industry 
have anointed the, they have they have given the cross you know they've mm-hmm. you know spectacles testicles wallet and watch on this <laughs> this is this is legitimate not only is it legitimate yeah. you're seeing bloomberg put out research saying actually your sharp ratio on your portfolio will increase with a one to two percent allocation. That's a whole bunch of gobbledygook for a lot of people. But the point is, is that you've got people in the traditional space mm-hmm. now speaking about this thing seriously, and that is that, that is that is noteworthy. Yep. You've 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 now got a thing where your granddad can open up <laughs> his traditional brokerage account, press a button. And have exposure without having to worry about anything else, mm. right? It's a custodial solution in in a lot of ways. So I think I think it's really noteworthy. I mean, we have it, they were 500 ETFs launched in 2023. I'm going to forget the exact stat, but they did something like 500 million dollars in net inflows. So there's a lot of esoteric science yeah, yeah, things yeah. in there. In the first three days, the Bitcoin ETFs collectively, there was 11 of them. There'll eventually only be a handful as they fight for dominance yeah, and scale. Correct. But at this point, there's 11 of them. Um, uh, they they saw something, actually, sorry, this is my, my numbers are dated. I need to update this. But in the first couple of days, we saw $800 billion of inflows, <laughs> right? That's a lot, right? That's a, that is a lot. Now, <laughs> now, here's the other thing, right? The, the, the one thing, the one thing that you can be sure of, and this I, I don't think this should be controversial, is that there is usually oh. So over the break, I watched Dumb Money. Has anyone seen that? Did you see that uh, at all? I didn't. I, I, I no. I should I? Yes. Oh, oh okay. my gosh. Oh, fantastic movie. Great I just, story. I, I just. Oh, I'm so, I'm kind of over the soap opera investing stuff. Like I just, you know, for all for all the stories we follow on the fin, as I've said this before, we all think we're serious investors, and then we 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 click on the Britney Spears stories of, of, of the financial world, right? And that's kind of grabs our attention. Yeah. Lose dumb yeah. money. I thought. Do I? I mean, is it entertaining? Maybe is it? Is it? Oh, it's entertaining. Just, yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah. You know, you're not going to walk away with any investment lesson. Okay, well, maybe, right. maybe actually, I don't know. You know, you know, if you think about it, you okay. could probably draw draw some bows <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But anyway, it was on, it, it was a phenomenon, right? Yeah. And 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 you, oh, where was my point with that? My my point, <laughs> I guess, my my point being is that when you see huge run ups in demand, like we saw with GameStop, now this was ba- the Australian equivalent would be electronics boutique EB Games. Mm-hmm. They sold they sold DVDs, games, these kind of gaming paraphernalia, and they were in all kinds of trouble. Sales were falling. They were kind of going to go bankrupt, okay. uh, etc. It's a whole. It's a fascinating story. Anyway. Um, uh, what happens when the price spiked? They issued more shares. You know, what happened with lithium last year? Mm. Lithium was it was an awful year for lithium. Yes, it was. Yeah. Now wait a sec. I thought we needed more of it. Yeah, we did. I thought demand increased. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. There was a supply side response. There mm-hmm. always is. Yep. Now the, the only point I'm leading up to here is that you can't do that with Bitcoin, right? It's right. programmatic. Yeah. Like it just yeah. it just yeah. can't yeah. be mathematically. It can't be done. So at the moment, there is 900 new coins issued per day as part of the supply issuance. And again, I get too technical here. That gets cut in half in about 90 days or so. It happens every four years. It's part of the supply issuance and the monetary policy, the blah, 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 blah. My point is, is that at current prices, $40 million a day will soak up all of that supply. Mm. In 90 days, it's going to be $20 million. Now, it sounds like a lot. That is, that is, the, that is t- I can't emphasize how tiny that is yeah. when you're talking about the deepest, most liquid capital market in the world, i.e. being the US. Mm. Now, we've had $800 billion of net inflows in the first, first couple of days. Let, right. Let's say that once things settle down, it's a tenth of that. <laughs> what, what, happens, what, what happens when an immovable object meets a- uh, Resistible force. 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, so I think I think that's why it is a big deal. You and never underestimate the greed and um, and moral bankruptcy of Wall Street would be the the point I would make here. For the first time in the longest time, there's something new, and this new thing is now being considered by some of the most you know the most important thought leaders in the space as legitimate. So your financial planner would never recommend to mum and dad that they should have a Bitcoin allocation. And you've already started to see the investment notes come out. Again, fidelity. It's a who's who of massive money managers. And they're all saying, actually, a 1% to 2% allocation is good because it's non-correlated. All these technical reasons. I actually think there's a lot of merit to the reason. But, you know, it's all sort of hyper-technical. The point is just like, just tell me what I need to do. You need to have some gold exposure. You need to have some of this. You know that We think uh, 1% to 2% allocation on crypto is, is a decent idea. Now, I've used that word again, and that's the word that they're using, but this is the only avenue that they have. And again, when you look at the trillions of dollars that these people are managing, and these, as advisors start to direct these fund flows in that direction, very tiny amounts relative to the amounts of money that they're offering, <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be very, it's going to be very potent and mm. and just on a su- demand supply dynamic mm. it, that is that is that is a very 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 big deal so i don't know i could go on and on and on and on and on and it 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 is it is it is a here's the other thing it's 15 years old you know when the internet first came to be 95 no well before no. that Are that's you when the old arpanet stuff yeah, yeah, okay, right, okay, okay. Yep. right. But even in '95, when it yep. started to sort of get into households and the, the rest web, of it, yes, you yes. know, and even in 2000, right? There's this wonderful article from Forbes, I think, in 2000, just basically <laughs> saying the internet thing is Probably never going to take yeah. off, you know. <laughs> and it, 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 we all laughed at it. We yeah. all did until yeah. we didn't. And I think, I think Bitcoin is getting to that point now where mm. it's gone. It is. It has been legitimized. We are actually seeing real world use cases come out for is actually circular economies are being developed. It, it, it is here, it has arrived and is now being, it, it, the kids were playing with it in the sandpit and now the adults have come over. And I find that a fascinating, fascinating dynamic. So I'm as bullish as I've ever been. And I think people have, people have just been way too narrow and short-term in their focus. And I would say a very significant portion of investors in this space are just after the get rich quick. They don't really get it. They just think it'll go up. That's why I'm buying it. They they don't really understand the fundamentals. And yes, I will die on this hill. There are fundamentals. Um, uh, uh, Just as as it wasn't immediately apparent in 1998 what the internet was going to be, there were some early sort of thought leaders there and some early adopters. It's the same kind of thing. It's it's 1996 in the, in the Bitcoin space. That's, that's where we're at. And, uh, I think things are going to unfold in a very, very interesting way, particularly when you fold that against the the macro background, as we were mm-hmm. talking about before, when in, inflation and uh, global trust, geopolitical, t- all of these kinds of things start to increase the use case and utility uh, dimension to this. So I know. I know everyone thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> I know. I know. I cringe and when I talk about they, it. They said the people who invested in Chilps were crazy too. And look what happened. They said they were- oh, hang on. Hang on. Know you, know what's, you know what's funny about that, right? Uh, the, 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 when, when you have things like the South Sea Bubble and the Bernie Madoffs and the Chilps and that, when Ponzi's 
collapse, they collapse. They don't come back. I mean, th- this thing is this thing is is now forty five thousand ish USD. So it hasn't actually spent much time above this. This, this, this. When 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 scams and Ponzi's collapse, they don't come back. This this is comeback, right? So it's sort of like it was a really good argument in 2016, and it's, it's becoming like harder to make that sort of argument. And then the other, the other one I saw in the fin the other day is an idiot journo call. I won't name Careful. them, but they're calling it um, <laughs> calling it the pet rock, you know. And it's sort of like. I, I don't really think they realize how good an analogy that is. You're like, it's not the dunk you think it is, right? So what are, what are Beanie Babies worth? What is a Babe Ruth baseball trading card worth? Mm. There's no intrinsic value there. There's no cash flow there. But, but people value it. Mm. And it doesn't- Art I think, works the same, yeah. yeah. You know, art works the same. Like, yeah. you, p- people think someone needs to sort of say that, oh, no, this is a thing. No, it is a thing if enough people- think it is a thing so Correct. so Correct. so so anyone can get up there and go oh, this is nonsense i think it's a pet rock and it's stupid and it's like yeah but enough yeah. people don't right they all they all and, want a pet and, rock and there's a certain number of pet rocks to go around as long as people want the pet rock then they're going to pay something for it that's and, but, and you might say well yeah but that's dumb and it's like yeah well that's what it is right yeah. and 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 the the, the yeah, investing is the value judgment right <laughs> you're on the make money you don't there's, there's no there's no value judgment applied to the, the demand and supply and we're looking at we're trying to put the round peg through the square hole because everyone makes the discounted cash flow basis is what, what you know it's a non-productive asset it's like yeah mm-hmm. stop stop comparing it to equity it's not equity mm. it's currency yep. and all this thing oh it's not backed by anything well what's the Australian dollar backed by what's the US dollar backed by nothing good faith is what it's backed by this this is backed by good faith as well you know so the more that people try and dunk on this thing as no intrinsic value is not backed by anything is not producing cash flows all you're doing is describing every single currency that has ever existed <laughs> right so so i take your point but but how is that different right and and mm-hmm. and so now we have a a global currency that i think in terms of volume traded and in market cap sort of size in terms of the size of the network is probably the 13th biggest currency in the world Right, pay attention to that, and it's like, well, what? What's the utility? Uh, it's it's a global trustless ledger that no one can f with. That yeah. that more and more people are using, and as anyone who studies network theory would know, the network effects are insane. It's like three people using it, it's worthless. You know, twenty million people using it. Okay, it's got a bit of use. Uh, this ETF, full circle here, is 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 driving adoption. And adoption, if you want to look at number of wallets, number of transactions, block size fees, hash rate, whatever fundamental metric you want to, is only going up. Mm. And that becomes, and that means that it becomes more and more value, like the internet, in the sense that you and me are connected to the internet, no one else is. It's like, well, I guess we can play Doom against each other and send an email, but that's, it's, it's pointless. Everyone in the world now has internet access and it's the most powerful thing ever. Right, so we someone came up with a TCP/IP transfer protocol for information. It changed the world. We 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 crystallized around a standard. Now someone's come across a protocol standard for transferring value. And 15 years later, there's 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 Bitcoin, and then there's everything else. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's like it's been invented. We were in a world before electricity, and a world before fire, a world before the internet, you know, and and world before radio, and we had a world before a pure decentralized online commodity, and now we've got one after. And it, it, the, the global significance of this is just insane. And yes, it's for money laundering and drug use, as is money in general, <laughs> right? Um, but but every day that goes by, and as I've said to you before, the only thing I'm watching is adoption because they, with adoption grows utility, with utility grows adoption in a virtual feedback loop. And it's just going in one direction. It's going in one clear direction. 
And and I would agree with Fidelity and Morningstar and Bloomberg, just to do the the social proof kind of angle there. <laughs> that nice. if you don't have one percent at this stage, mm-hmm. you really need to have your head red. And it, it it is it is it is now just to answer. I'm sorry, mate. You you did limit me to four hours, and I will shut up in a second. You've now got the point where before I had, and we've done the episode on it, right? So what you need to do is get yourself a hardware wallet, set that up, write down your private keys, etch that into a steel plate, bury that into your backyard, get onto this protocol here, do that. And it's just like, oh, it was like setting up email, you know, back in the day. It was just, grandma's never doing that. You know what grandma's doing now? She's calling up a stockbroker and saying, can I have 1%? Yeah, done. All the, all, you, you're completely within the normal walls of uh, TradFi, as it's called, traditional finance. And you don't have to do anything. It's like buying BHP shares. It's a big deal, man. It's a big deal. And 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 I I would say that at this point, again, at, at the, with everything growing as it is, you, if you've got a one percent exposure and nothing happens, it goes to zero, then you're not going to lose any sleep. Uh, if it doesn't, then you you'll likely do it extraordinarily well. I know the argument is there is like, well, why wouldn't I take one percent in every like moonshot? And it's like that's a really good argument. But we're, we, are, we are the biotechnology company that's gone from, hey, we're working on cancer to we've passed all of the human trials and we're now commercializing. That's, that's the distinction. And so at that point, the 1% to 2% allocation isn't reckless. Well, at that point, it's not the one in a million moonshot that might or might not work and I'll make a fortune if I, if I do. Mm. So, so, you know, it's going to be wild. It's going to be unpredictable. It's going to be humbling. But it is it is a it is a technological um, uh, uh, phenomenon that that we don't I don't think we fully grasp yet. Like you know, it, 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 everything that sounds crazy about Bitcoin, ask yourself how the current plumbing and the financial system works, and tell me that's not crazy. Like it's all crazy. Like we're just monkeys exchanging tokens amongst one another. It's, it's, it's money is what allows humanity and civilization to scale. Someone's just put created. A, a so significantly better form of money <laughs> that isn't controlled by anyone in a world that is, is fast running out of ca- uh, of of trust. <laughs> um, in a, you know, I don't know. I'll shut up. <laughs> I could that go was, on. That was a I'm very impassioned, impassioned uh, defense, or or maybe what's the other word? Uh, I'll say I, I'll say this as well. I'll, like the, the the thing is, is when I go on these little rants here yep. and stuff, I never and I'm I'm my I've built an entire business on on trying to get people to prove me wrong because I feel as though by challenging an idea, it makes me better as an investor and it makes my investments better. Hit me up if you hit me on Twitter and like point out something. That I'm missing here, right? Because I, I started out as the biggest skeptic in the world, and all I did was just started digging into it. And the more I dug into it, yeah. the more I convinced myself. And and I really go out of my way to find the negative views on this. Mm. And what you do is when you re- when you actually spend a bit of time researching in this space, you realize that all of the negatives that come up were actually discussed on the original cypherpunk mailing list back back in <laughs> 2008 when Satoshi first invented it, right? It was like, it's That's all cool. been discussed before. It's just like it's the, the classic yeah. meme in Bitcoin is like, hey, I'm new to Bitcoin and I'm here to fix it. It's like, dude, We've we've got this right. Like we, it is. It's not that your value, your input isn't isn't. It's it's not the hot take you think it is. Yeah, it's twenty twenty four. All of these things that you're throwing up have been discussed, debated for over a decade now, mm-hmm. and de- demonstrably in the free market, proven to not be a thing. Right. It's like it just hasn't happened. And so anyway, I. 
I don't want to. I don't want to have all my money invested in News Corp when the uh, uh, the internet is this bit. I, or News Corp might be a bad example, but I don't want to be invested in oh, traditional okay. media. Corp, yeah. I'm not investing in Kodak now that yeah, yeah. everyone's doing digital cameras. And it, it, I, I, I got to be careful here as well because this will play out over. It's been 15 years, which blink of an eye, by the way. Mm-hmm. It will be it, it, the, the the full realization and potential will fold, unfold over a very long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 that's the time if you are going to invest in this space, that's what you've got to be mindful of, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so so buy Bitcoin. I um. Yes, I, I will add, I'll add my thoughts just in the interest of balance and whatever. I actually don't. I, I'm not a. I'm not a no Bitcoin, as you know. Yep. Um, a no. A, a no coiner. You're not yeah, a no coiner. Yeah. yeah. But I. But I think for what it's worth, my. My investing approach. And it's not even about Bitcoin because you mentioned it's a currency or maybe it's a store of value or maybe it's something else. Uh, I own no uh, investment currency or investment stores of value. Yeah, you don't reasons, buy the yen. Right. The for US for, for yeah. reasons that it does require. You, you, there, I, I, you say there are fundamentals. I, I would disagree, but probably only because we would define the word fundamentals differently. Um, yeah. I, I, I invest in things for which I believe there's a fundamental basis for future cash flows. And mm-hmm. that's, that's just my investing framework. So I'm, Because I'm that, not- that makes sense for equities, right? That's, that's right. the only rational right. way of looking at it. Exactly. It, but, yeah. but, but equally, I'm not investing in gold at any price or yeah. you know, maybe $2 I'd invest in gold. But yeah, there's a, there's a price for everything, I suppose. But even um, then, though, that's made up. I'm sorry to interrupt, but like, why? Why, totally. why is $2 cheap? Totally. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I think my, my point is just that I, I guess I'm, I'm not, I wanted to say $2 because I'm not really at ever doing it at any price. I, yeah, there's, right. there's probably a time. I don't want to, I, I, I desperately, as much as it's easy for people in our industry to just be absolutist about everything, um, I, you know, I'm not going to be absolutist about anything. Is there a time? Yeah. I didn't think I'd buy any miners. I bought Fortescue um, right. was eight months ago, right? So I, I don't want to yeah. say never, I never will or there's no circumstances I wish I would, including Bitcoin. Um, I, yeah. I would just say my, my why I have avoided Bitcoin as an investment is the same as I don't invest in gold or currencies, which is just I, I prefer to have investments. And you're right, it's it's a different way to think about an asset that's not an equity. I just choose to invest in equities because I believe there's a, a better better way of uh, understanding the likely future value of that that doesn't yeah. require. So I don't invest in art for the same reason. It's, it's again all of those things, right? Unless there's a yes. a cash flow or a likely future cash flow, I'm just simply not going to do it, and that's. Maybe that but that's that's not wrong. No, it doesn't. No, I'll, I'll jump in. That that is that is the that is perfect because all you're saying is is it's not for me. And you know Correct. I don't invest in art. I don't invest in right. gold. I don't yes. invest. You know, yeah. and it, like but 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 that that is there is a difference between me saying it's not for me for yes. various reasons versus saying it's all a Ponzi and it's not legitimate. Correct. Correct. That's Correct. the that's the that that's is the exactly point right. that I take issue with with too many of these people out there sort of just mm-hmm. Jamie Dimon, you know, deriding the whole thing. And it's like well. You don't, it doesn't need you, dude. Mm. Just like gold doesn't need me, right? Like it, it exists, <laughs> that's right, that's right. you know, and it is a yeah, that, thing. Yes, that's, that's true. Yes. And that's, and that's why I'm not an anti or a no coin or whatever you call them. Uh, yep. I'm just a, this investment isn't for me. I haven't suggested it. I, I don't suggest it to our members. I could be entirely wrong about that. But again, for the same reason, I don't, I don't recommend gold or other things. Um, yep. I, just, I just have a, I have an investment framework. 
and it doesn't fall within that investment framework for me. And that's 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 why and I, I, I or no one can argue against that, right? Right. And I say that only just to make the point that that's yeah. you know conceptually um, where you and I differ. And again, as you say, completely fine. Hey, we're going to yeah. talk about summer reading, mate. But at one hour and fifteen minutes, I reckon we're probably done. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Surprisingly, Sorry. <laughs> no, I was going to say I was going to say surprisingly, uh, I was I remained optimistic that after bringing up Bitcoin, we could talk about something else, which was clearly my my mistake. No, I learned were, nothing on this podcast. Well, you have learned nothing. I have learned absolutely. Can I say that was the short version i've got notes I right i could <laughs> i could go on a lot there is so much i didn't touch on the point which said actually i'll probably stop with it well oh, there's at least another half an hour here if i, no, if I said, no mate, keep talking oh, sorry sorry <laughs> no it's great it's, it's really really good man it's, it's super <laughs> useful stuff i know a lot of our listeners really appreciate and enjoy it um if, if nothing else what i like about the com- these sorts of conversations mate is it's it's the if i was going to what would i think or how do other yes. people think about investing or what are the frameworks or lenses or what are, what are other smart people thinking that I'm thinking differently? And I think, yep. you know, I've, I've spent a bit of time on social media over the last month, probably again, mostly to my detriment. Um, and you get some really, really great people with whom I disagree. Yeah. And there's some idiots who I agree with. And, and yes. you know, I, I'd, ra- I'd rather the format yes. every day of the week, right? I would rather, thinking politically, right? I would rather an engage, a politically engaged person with whom I disagree than someone who didn't care. You know, yes. I think those those things are real and they're true and they make you better because they open your mind to different ways of thinking. And you know what? Sometimes, by the way, you should be absolutely open to changing your mind. I don't imagine a scenario yep. in which Bitcoin will come into my investing framework unless I change the framework, and I might. I don't think it's likely, yep. and again, that might cost me money. But, yep. uh, but, but I again like that. To your point, you know, those those objections of, of for the structure itself. I think if you start with this is a fad or this is a this is a it, it's it's that this is right. Not could it be? Yes. You know, you, you're yeah. you're fully aware that you could be completely wrong about Bitcoin. I'm fully aware you could be completely right about Bitcoin. That's a healthy place to be. When you start yeah. to dismiss something as stupid or accept something as unquestioned, in both mm. cases, you are really, really, really doing yourself a massive disservice. Can I can I just sneak in one more on. si- signal Go point? Because I forgot to mention it. So when when the ETF was released on day one, Kathy mm. Wood had a Twitter Spaces, right? Oh, Kathy okay. Wood Arc. They've got their own yeah. fund. They're 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 I've they're, they're very shop. deep into it. Yep. yep. Um, Elon jumped onto the call, uh, had a few comments, mm. one of them being that he would consider it for Twitter. I feel as though that's potentially – so now that we're, so we've got the ETF out of the mm. way, mm. Uh, we'll have the halving done sooner or later. I think the next bit of signal to look for would be a major US company, not just like a Block or a Tesla, which has it on the balance sheet, which they do. In fact, there's dozens of Fortune 500 companies that do. Another bit of signal just for for users out there. But once it starts being integrated into the app, so imagine if I can tweet when I like, I send you, uh, you know, 0.1 of a cent or whatever I want to do, equivalent. That is going to onboard a lot of people. And he's basically saying, I'm thinking about it. Now, maybe he won't, maybe he doesn't, but it's just, or, or Apple starts adding it to their wallet or Google Pay puts it as a component within their wallet. Or if, or if the guy who ran PayPal for a long time, who is actually now working on uh, LightSpark, a really interesting company, just using it as the payment rail infrastructure mm. for backend fiat payment transfer. Just mm-hmm. like the technology is mind blowing. And you've got some of the smartest people in t- Silicon Valley saying, yeah, we're looking at it. it. Anyway, I just wanted to sneak that one in as one other little bit of signal that, that might be worth taking a, 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 taking notice of. I, um, I also, well, which I find a bit, uh, not about Bitcoin particularly, but, um, I really want to invent a different term for proper ETFs rather than this stuff. And I don't mean I don't mean Bitcoin's not proper because it's Bitcoin. I mean the static ETFs are just invented so that fund managers can make money by trying to convince you to buy yeah. their 
crap. I'll say crap. It's Again, a product. Bitcoin is crap. Right. And, and yeah, it's just a product. One of the, yeah. one of the codes was, was both clever and really not, it was, was B-triple-R, right? Which is the money for so the good. which is that idea. So well, it good. Kind of, it kind of is, but it, like it's funny. I and I think, it. but actually this is a financial product and some Muppet is buying this because they think the ticker is funny, so they might as well buy the ETF. The, the, the other ticker was HODL, which I thought was great. <laughs> I mean, it is. And I, and, and I agree with you mostly. <laughs> Um, I just really can't kind of come at the just this, just the ETF marketing rubbish around all and because not this it's this and it's lithium and it's gold and it's yeah. cybersecurity and it's whatever it's it's kind of you know that whole idea of like it's it's not, it's, it's not miles away from being predatory that, and yeah. it's not about the ticker code itself and it's I'm not bagging yeah. that fund manager I don't know which one it was and I'm not seeing a bad ETF necessarily just that idea of these ETFs that are you know, they get to effectively dodge a loophole of financial advice where they get to say if you think Bitcoin's going up we have an ETF for you. Yeah. Oh, that's all that is. That right. I said at the start, man. Never underestimate the greed and moral <laughs> bereftness. <laughs> like that—that that is a core part of my investment. That, that you, you can't. Okay, we we can't ignore it. We can't fight it. I guess we're going to make money off it. That 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 is exactly it. And 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 that they they kind of control the world. Really, the, the, these are the yeah, these right. are the these are the masters of the universe, right? Who tell most people where to put their money, and they're now saying here, why does it make sense? Is it rational? It, well, the kind of it's sort of beside the point. They are. They they are doing it. That that is the point. I I, I guess I I would make. And you, and you were right. Here's one thing I should say on that is the Vanguard is not allowing their clients access. Oh, interesting. To, yeah. Wow. So, to, to other people's ETFs or to their own ETF? To they they don't have an ETF on yeah, right. Bitcoin. They've said we never will, and wow, we're not it, we're not letting you buy any of these other ETFs. Through wow. our platform, okay. there you go. Right, this is Vanguard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got a huge yeah. amount of respect for, and yeah, it's like, okay. Yeah. Although I do find it a little bit odd that I can buy a triple leverage Nasdaq I, short yeah, ETF, yeah, it's all a bit but I can't buy a Bitcoin ETF. I mean, I, I, yep. I like everyone's entitled to their own view, yeah, but it's sort yeah. of like how how Vanguard with a straight face can say, <laughs> no, no, we know right. best. Pat, pat, pat right. you on the head, you poor That's little right. darling. This isn't for you. Oh, but hey, look over here, triple leverage <laughs> short <laughs> Nasdaq ETF. <laughs> Uh, okay, like it's, yeah. because that's not risky. Like, come on. Hey, are we sure they do allow that? I should, I should just at least try and make sure we're clear about that. I, uh, I, I was, I listening to a podcast the other day from someone I really Perfect. trust. So I'm going to take them that, at their that's word. Great. That's great. I, just, I, wonder, I want to make sure we weren't, weren't assuming they were doing that. Um, yeah, and you know what? That's oh man, uh, we're way too late deep in the podcast. Um, I mean that that's that is kind of modern life in general, right? The the idea yep. of like you do this and not that thing. If you start from first principles, I've got zero issue with Vanguard. I like them a lot, as you know, as do you. Yeah. I like them a lot. If if they said we are only going to allow plain vanilla ETFs on our on our platform, because we think broadly that's what we prefer to do, you know, yep. you can go somewhere else if you want to. So they're not saying you can't, they're saying you yeah. can't use our platform to do it. I, I I would have respect for that view if they chose to do it. I probably frankly like that idea because there are a whole lot of no, not enough investors. I would say nothing investors, but you know, ETFs yeah. of people who aren't picking stocks, right? They, they, at some level, there's an argument to say that if you cared about retail investors, you've got a lot of them, you want to make sure they keep themselves reasonably away from harm. You yep. could put some rules in place, but those rules have to be first principle, not just Bitcoin's terrible, but triple leverage, bear ETFs on NASDAQ are, are, are wonderful things that everyone should invest in. You're right, there is, there is zero justification for, for not offering one, but letting the other go through unfettered. Well, this, this is why Gary's hand was forced at the SEC because prior to the spot, so the distinction here is that the spot BTF, mm -hmm. not, they have to hold the underlying one for one. Yeah. Um, but prior to this, there was a futures ETF mm -hmm. on, on Bitcoin. So uh, a company called Grayscale that runs a trust called GBTC, which was another way to hold Bitcoin, 
basically took them to court and won. And the, and the high court basically sort of said, well, you're not going to let a spot ETF run, but you're going <laughs> to let right. one based on futures contracts. Yeah. So like it just, yeah. you, you, it, it, there is, look, the truth is putting its pants on while a lie runs around the world. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and it's just, it's a very, int- another interesting point of signal that you, some of these regulators, some of these institutions are sort of saying tut, tut, tut at mm-hmm. the same time offering these other products. It's sort of, I feel as though you can have a view on it. And as you, I agree with you. If Vanguard was to say, no, no you can get broad based, low cost index ETF trackers, we do, we do yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah, all we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. I respect that. I yeah. respect that. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, yeah, but I, I can yeah. respect that. Yeah, you know, but but to to sort of say, oh, you know, it's like me sort of saying, you know, I'm snorting a kilo of coke up my nose while telling you that you need to stay away from marijuana or something. Is it like how yeah. how is that? It's a bad example. It's late in the pod. I'm sorry, but 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 you know, what I mean? it, it's kind of that's the that's the analogy that's in place here, and it's sort of like you. you I, I think there is. I get a great deal of solace in just sort of saying, look, get a get subjectivity and opinion out of out of this when you start looking at some of the facts and 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 um uh, uh evidence sort of below this like a lot of a lot of these in fact i've yet to find any argument that mm. really stands up against not necessarily that you should but that it is that it is something that could yeah. be correct. invested in correct yeah. correct no i think that's absolutely fair hey mate anyway, um I, let's do it I, let's I, put I, a pin in it before i'm I not going to time because i just i can't bring yeah. myself to do it uh yeah. thank you for sharing your love of bitcoin mate i am i'm surprised uh i am shocked that you would talk about bitcoin or certainly spend this long talking about bitcoin but i really appreciate you coming out of your comfort zone just for the uh for the privilege uh so the listeners could understand a little bit more about a thing you've just developed uh, just discovered and don't really have a, a firm view on so uh it's lovely to, lovely to hear from you mate more importantly it's much 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 better to be with you again and recording these podcasts the first of many in 2024 for those three people who've made it to the end of the podcast thank you for listening uh, i'm sure you've enjoyed actually the conversation i certainly have despite uh, my different view from andrew on bitcoin it's the it's the intellectual exercise that is most fascinating i really really enjoyed it mate uh, will too. you come back on sunday yeah man i well uh are we going to talk about bitcoin hell no <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll come back anyway <laughs> until then have a bitcoin free weekend <laughs> cheers The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.